Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hey, Deacon Jeff. How are you doing? Great, man. How are you? You look so, uh, like, I don't know. Worn out? There's a whole bunch of things you look right now. <laughs> sure. You got your rocking the beard. Rocking the beard, you're, man. You got the coronavirus beard, you the like pandemic that? beard. You a little flare going here. You like You that? are getting a little, yeah, you're going to need that mustache wax like pretty soon. Like yeah. Well, we can we can fix that here. Yeah, I know. I've yet. got some sharp utensils at the Catholic not, Cafe and call the kitchen happen. staff. Not going to happen today. Uh, and, of course, we're, we're still missing Sam. We're still doing our social distancing. But I think we're going to be yeah. coming to an end pretty soon with that. And yeah. uh, uh, either that or we're just going to kick him out permanently. But we'll, we'll, we'll decide. He's still on probation. Yeah. Double secret probation. Is he doing okay? He's doing okay. I think he's doing okay. Good. Um, and uh, now you, uh, this is going to be an interesting show because you have been on, a, on, a, on an adventure. It's almost a pilgrimage, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe, because uh, I wasn't on it. But uh, but I did hear some stuff that was going on. It's like, we need to talk about that. Yeah. So you'd think that the country, you know, being brought to its knees by, mm-hmm. you know, the coronavirus pandemic and all of the uh, things that accompany it, not only the health, the serious health issues and concerns, but then all the economic and the social problems we've had specifically because of all the isolation and the shutting things down and uh, terrible things going on, right? But hopefully, I, I see some potential that, you know, the country is going to come back from, from that. It may take a little while. But then it seems like right on the, right on the heels of that uh, situation, then we have this terrible tragedy uh, with uh, um, an officer essentially killing a man in his custody. Right. Uh, and uh, in uh, Minneapolis, and what a tragic situation that was, and how mm-hmm. horrific on so many fronts, and uh, and that has sparked, uh, you know, the beast has 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 been wakened, right, right in the country for good reason. I understand why everyone is so up in arms, yep. but naturally, everyone uh, grieves or everyone clamors for justice in different ways, and so all of a sudden we have all of these things on all these fronts happening, right. Uh, and so you happen to go up that way. Yep. Which virtually ground zero. Most people would say, "Tom, don't do it." <laughs> you know, and I know you weren't going like. Uh, it you wasn't know, intentional. You didn't get on the Partridge Family bus and pack some lunches and go. We're going to you know go up there to see what's going on. You didn't no, do that. You had no. a reason. So, so the, I thought you know we would just sort of. I'm gonna grill you. I'm gonna ask you some serious questions. Oh, great! Here we go. Uh, and I want you to. I want you to help all of our listeners understand. Like, what did you undergo? And I know that um, when when you went on this wedding. So we we recorded these. Wedding. Right. You you went there, uh, and uh, so this has already happened. So it so just we, happened. Yeah. So uh, when all these, I don't know what it's going to be like when this program airs. Whether we're going right. to be having, I will. I still think there'll be some fallout. I still think it'll be oh, fresh on not. the minds of. Well, I think that there'll still be fresh on the minds of people. Yeah. How yeah. important and how devastating that event was, but certainly all the uh, things that have that have the dominoes that have fallen afterwards in terms mm-hmm. of like what's happened to. Uh, communities across the nation and even right. in the world right uh, and with with protests and all the different things that have happened some terrible stuff going on so but you are like literally at the epicenter we were there 
It was insane. Man, you were like on the fault line. We were on the fault line. So tell me, first of all, why in the heck would you do that? Tom Dorian. Why do we? Well, so we ended up there because our son happens to be. Can I say the name of the town or the parish where he was? Sure, why not? So he is the youth director at St. Patrick's Parish in Hudson, Wisconsin, which Hudson is basically a suburb of St. Paul, Minnesota. He lives in St. Paul, Minnesota. And so what we did was we got an Airbnb in St. Paul. And because of coronavirus, we had three different Airbnbs, pretty close proximity, all very close to where our son lives. Yes. And the idea was just to commute, you know, to the wedding and all the other festivities in or near Hudson. Right. And that's very common when people go out of town for a wedding, they'll block book a hotel or whatever. You guys had a cool little Airbnb thing going on. Right. So the so the the death occurred on Monday, that Monday. Uh-huh. Tuesday, I think riots broke out in were Minneapolis. You, were you in town? At the time of the no, death? we got in town late Wednesday into okay. St. Paul, and uh, really nothing was happening late Wednesday. So we got up the next day, go and do I our think, thing. Just to be clear, nothing was happening because they really hadn't. I mean, the shock hadn't really reverberated yet, right? And then all of a sudden, people realized that nothing was happening from local government. Like right. they hadn't arrested anybody. They had, you know, it was like, right. what's going on? And I think right. that riled folks up. So you probably looked at that and said. Rut row. <laughs> um, could be some problems here, but you know it's a big deal. It's well, a we actually thought you know it was in Minneapolis. We were close, but it's still Minneapolis. It's not St. Paul. We'll be fine. And so we did what we were supposed to do. Did our thing Thursday. Got up, left the area, went to Hudson. Did our deal over there to get the wedding prepared. That kind of stuff. Right. Had lunch. Came back, and then we were listening to the radio and all the stuff that was taking place around where we were. We thought, well, let's just do some loops. We'll just do some big circles to Not avoid loots. it. Not loops. Right. Loops. Right. right. P. Right to avoid it. So we avoided it. Got our son back to where he belongs. So and you then, you did like a you you did like the uh, the pilot flying we, around the storm. We did some end arounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on the way football back, analogy. I got that. You got that. Yeah. Yeah. I had to go there. So on the way back from his place to ours, we tried to do another end around and ran right into some looting, some fires, and other stuff. Okay, so we see that on the news. Oh, it's for real. And you were like right there. We were there. In the middle of it. So imagine pulling up to an intersection. You cross it. You look up to your left, and there's flames or you, there's smoke going across the road. And you're like, huh, I wonder what that is. Yeah. Then you cross oh the goodness. intersection, and you look to your right. And right on the corner is a store. It's an O'Reilly's. That was being looted. I An mean, auto parts big place? Time. Yeah, big time. So we had to do a quick U-turn and get out of there without hitting anybody or get hit. Right. Got out of there, go to our neighborhood, and literally two doors away from where we were, there's a Mapco-type store, a 7-Eleven-type store that's being looted and being torn apart. And so Cindy and I had to make a instant decision on let's get out of here, let's evacuate. So do everything in the truck. Left our place, took our oldest to where he was, and when we got to where he was, it was like that was the area where they were queuing up. His neighborhood, they were they were lining cars up, parking cars, getting out of their cars. They were getting ready to go do some battle all around his place. It was like a like stepping into a hornet's nest or a beehive. So oh my gosh. I, I've got the truck running in front of his place. My two my my number one and the number four kid. They go in to get his stuff out of the house, and I'm praying they get out in one piece, and then I get out of there in one piece. They get all his stuff into the truck, and then we get out of there, and it was it was terrible. So, so tell me what you were feeling in terms of, like, because uh, you're a dad, obviously. And as I sit and think about I think about my kids and, and right trying to protect them at all costs, et cetera. What are your thoughts? What are, what's running through your mind 
Are, are you thinking deeply about that, or are you just like head to the ground, don't look at anybody, no eye contact, move quickly, get our stuff, and get out of here? Oh, all, all the above. I mean, the, the whole time, all I could think of was exactly what you just said, which was get my family out of here, and in particular, my my wife and my youngest daughter. Right. Those are the two that were on my mind the most. So I'll say their names, Cindy and Caroline. Get them out of there. That was the first thing. And the other thing is what you just said, which was keep your head down, keep your eyes down, don't hit anybody, right. be careful, but get out of here. Be So be what smart. I've noticed in uh, when I'm seeing news coverage, the people that the the thing the examples they give you of the terrible things that happen to people in those situations are the ones that tend to like try to protect their shop or property, mm-hmm. right? So they end up having a confrontation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you were thinking in your mind, no confrontation, no confrontation, no confrontation. To- totally thought that. And then sure enough, we get everything loaded up. We go back to our place, get everything finished up, loaded up, get the, get the place buttoned up, get in the truck. We're in two different vehicles. I don't even know where the other vehicle went. But So I've got my oldest and then Cindy in the truck with me and all our stuff. And we go down. We have to, to in order to exit. You have to go down an alley. We get to the oh, end. Oh, alleys and, don't. <laughs> but the alley was only like one or two doors. It wasn't. It wasn't this long, dark alley. It was okay. bright, wide open. It was. It was an easy alley. But one, literally one house away from that is where looting has taken place. That's where the Mapco was. Oh my goodness! So we get to this end of the street, and I look up, and I see this guy in this Honda Civic or a or a Honda Accord with a with a boat like a canoe on top and so he's got this canoe on top he's got his window down he's got his iphone or he's got his phone out and he's filming something i thought he was filming me so we make eye contact and he looks away and as soon as i get to the intersection i look up he's moved up a little bit and he is looking towards a pharmacy that's across the street from that map go there are dozens of people just spilling in and out of this pharmacy looting it tearing this thing up so this is all within walking distance, just two buildings away. So you're in the middle of all this. Now, you know, protecting your family, I, those are the right thoughts. Um, but in a big picture way, I mean, isn't it easy to get a little disillusioned about life? Oh. You, you, you know what I'm saying? When you, when you start to see that stuff, I remember the opening scenes to that uh, movie uh, Steven Spielberg did, War of the Worlds. We've heard of that movie before, that, that H.G. Wells book. But Steven Spielberg's version is particularly dark when it comes to humanity. People like ripping each other apart and right. for, just trying to get out and whatever and it's mano a mano you know it becomes this everyone for himself kind of a deal and that is a very disillusioned viewpoint oh very it's negative and i could imagine being in that situation and thinking that oh we we trust me we were there i mean this guy this guy starts yelling at these people he wants to confront them i think it was his store i think that's what well, was going may, on well maybe some of that right i is think going that on. was what well so he starts confronting them and yelling at them they start yelling and confronting him. In the meantime, I take a left because I think he stopped. I take a left. This guy speeds up to try to ram them and almost rams us. Oh, my gosh. He slams on the brakes. I slam on the brakes. Fortunately, we missed him. I circle around him, and as soon as I circle around him, the cops come flying in there. It's lights on, sirens blaring, and it's all breaking loose right there. Fortunately, I made a turn. I don't know what happened. Actually, you know what? That store ended up getting burned down. So I, I, uh, I think it's better you didn't know what yeah. happened next and how it happened because you were out of there. Yeah. But, but all of that big picture, it's very easy for someone to look at that and go, there is no God. There is no, you know, we're, we, are, we are beyond help. Right. Even if there was a God, we're beyond help. Right. And, and I can see some very negative um, things that come out of something like that. Yeah. 
So here's what's funny about all that. So that's kind of where my mind was. We get to Hudson, we get everything settled, we get everything emptied, and then we have to race back to St. Paul for the bachelor party. So we come back and go to our other our son's place. Fortunately, we don't see anything. Actually, we saw a couple of things here and there, but nothing, nothing. really earth-shattering. But still you're just kind of you're kind of numb. It's almost like it's it's just surreal. You're in this weird thing that's happening where you're planning a wedding and participating. And then on top of that, it's a corona wedding. The only people that were in the wedding was family. That was it. Oh, this is crazy. So, I know. so uh, we're going to get there next. Okay. Uh, because it's like I'm fascinated by how this stuff is un- unrolling. And it's like only the Dorians could have oh, this gosh. kind of experience. You're right about that. Uh, and uh, it's it's just it's fascinating, very scary, and maybe even disillusioning uh, to some degree. But we'll be we'll, I'll be interested to find out your perspective as we as we go continue with the story. And we will do that right after we take a break. But before we take a break, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original twelve apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church, the heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part along with the martyrs in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captor stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. This is Deacon Jeff. I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian, and we're sitting in the luxurious corner booth. I'll bet you're happy to be in the luxurious corner booth. Oh, I'm thrilled, man. And not what be, a relief. Not to be in the middle of uh, all the terrible, uh, you know, the violence that's happening associated with some of these protests, and many yeah. of them, you know, starting off peacefully, and then they devolve into something. Mm-hmm. And it's not everyone's fault. I mean, there, there right. are certain people, I think, that are making sure that something goes terribly wrong. Oh, yeah. And, and the, uh, those particular people, I don't have a lot of, uh, um, I don't know, sympathy for, but at the same time, I understand where these raw emotions are coming from. Oh, sure. I, 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 I get that part. Uh I just I wish for a healthy and uh, big old dose of the Holy Spirit in some Amen. of these situations to kind of that's do the that. solution by the but way. But you're stuck in the middle of all this. Stuck in the middle. Yeah, and 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 you made an interesting point right before we took a break. You made this point that not only was this like you were there for a wedding, but it was in and of itself was going to be a weird wedding. I mean, oh yeah, because of Corona, right? Because it's like it was like social distancing and yeah. minimal attendance. It was a and, phase one wedding. The only people that were there were our family. Her family, which was her and her parents, yeah. and two bridesmaids. And that was it. And it was from start to finish. That included rehearsal wow. dinner, the reception, the wedding. So it was everything. already going to be an out of the ordinary oh, wedding. Yeah. yeah. We did one of those. Uh, I, I just went brain dead. What's the. It was like a virtual, not a virtual, but an online. So you did like teleconferencing or Zoom or one yeah. of those things yeah. to let people watch. People watch the wedding, they watch right. the reception. Yeah. Well, that is really, really odd, you know. And and you and I say odd, but it's like I don't know how it's you different because you you, you use the word a couple of times surreal. Oh, totally. Where it's like it's beyond, like I wasn't made to process this correctly. Right. I just it doesn't it's not innate in me to process this. Right. So we go to our sort of our animal instincts or our whatever, and and thankfully you are. Um, a fairly uh, well-adjusted Catholic man. And so you were able to draw maybe on some of that. Tell me about your kind of faith experience as you're, as you're experiencing all this stuff. I mean, to what degree in the moment did you find yourself relying on God's direction, grace, protection, any of that? Well, really, during the, the whole time, but, I mean, you're not aware of it, I think, at times. You just kind of take it for granted or give All right, Lord, you know, hope, you got, hope you got yeah, this. I'm going. I hope you got my back. Here Come we go. Me, I'm going right, in. Exactly. That's exactly right. Man. Um, no, but we're we're in the middle of mass, and I'm I'm trying to really, you know, jump in and enjoy it and get what I can out of it. But at the same time, my brain's numb because of all the stuff that's taking place, all the stuff, all the layers. And I suppose about. there's a part of you that actually thinks that you know, right before the vows, there might be a brick that comes through the window. <laughs> I mean, literally. I mean, he's like, I mean, I've seen everything else. And so I no, imagine you, there was a little prayer that yeah, no, I was bad just was my hat, my heart was just sad. I was it was a yeah. hat, it was it was a great occasion. You know, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm watching my entire family in front of me participate in the wedding ceremony, all yeah. that kind of stuff. That's overwhelming, and uh, I was trying to you know really get something out of that and enjoy it and take it. And I got to go to mass, you know, which we not we don't get to go to mass right now, so that was kind of beautiful. And then and then at the end of the. Um, I can't remember. I think it was at, at the end of the petitions. Um, our new daughter-in-law, uh, Trisha, and, and David got to sit down. And so David is looking at me and giving me the eyes. He's giving me the eyes like, cut to your right, Dad. Look to your right. So I look to my right. In the far back corner up against the glass of the window, there's three kids. Now, so give you some background real quick. David, and two, I'll tell you more than what you want to hear. David and two of his buddies, by the way, have a podcast called The Dudes That Babble. 
You okay. Gotta go listen to it. It's youth group guys, Catholic youth group, the dudes group guys. Babel. The dudes at Babel. It's really good. So he's a youth group guy, giant parish in Hudson. And in the, in the back, there are three kids that he takes care of in the youth group that have their faces pressed against the glass, watching the mass, watching the wedding, and then even during the mass, kneeling. They're participating in the mass. From outside. From outside. Now, that is beautiful. Oh, dude. How did that affect you? Oh, that was it. That, that's what got me. I completely, I, I, teared up, I teared up and can barely control myself. It was incredible. So after all that stuff you'd experienced in terms of humanity. Right. Right, and then you then you experience that moment. Oh, that's that's on top of the fact that your your child is being married, and that's right. always an emotional thing for a parent exactly. anyway. Then you see these three kids out there. Overwhelming, overwhelming. Couldn't there are no words to describe it. I just I just choked up. I didn't completely lose it. I kept con- control, but that was the moment. So, did you ever feel like in in that situation, like in that moment, and maybe you pondered on it later, that in all of the chaos. All of the surreality, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all of that stuff that somehow there is a sign that there's something beautiful, something hopeful, something uh, that, that, that Jesus does have the wheel. Yeah, so so pr- going up to the wedding, I, I, I kept telling David and his fiance, uh, his wife now, uh, Tricia, that their, their marriage is going to be epic. Because if you think about and, and the number of obstacles that ran, they ran into, not just uh-huh. Corona and all the riots and stuff. But the obstacles they ran into are unprecedented. They're off the charts. And so I told them that your, your marriage is epic. Somebody does not want you to get married. Yeah. And so when you get married, it's going to be awesome. Um, so that was the first thing that, uh, that came to my mind through the whole process was just the epic nature of his, right. his whole marriage. You'll always remember it. Remember that year? The, yeah. The and then when I saw those kids, was just exactly what you said, Deej, which was just hope. The, that, that's that's what I came to was just the hope that that man there's the light right there that that what we're doing is um, we're, we're doing the right thing here and it's a beautiful thing and that the Lord is present no matter how dire the, right. the circumstances because exactly. that's the thing that I, when you told me that I thought okay see what this tells me and this and instantly my mind goes to why we celebrate Easter every year yeah right and why we start Easter in that triduum why we start with uh, like Holy Holy Thursday and Good Friday, where we actually watch unfolding um, essentially the same kind of thing as you know. I'm not talking about the reasons behind riots and whatnot, but essentially they're going to come and take Jesus and they're going to put him to death. Right. I mean, it's a horrific kind of a thing. It is. But before they do that, they're going to torture him. They're going to mock him, spit on him. Right. And I'm thinking all these horrible things. Right. All that is horrible about the, about the crucifixion makes possible the resurrection. Right. And that somehow, in all of that horribleness, I just made that word up, in all of that, <laughs> that God reveals his glory right. and his divinity right. and his, his majesty, his control, his all-powerfulness, all of that is revealed in the resurrection. Right. And in the same way, you had that experience, sort of like a resurrection experience with these three kids. Yeah. And with the with the marriage of your son. Almost like a Pentecost, too, because this was actually the Saturday before Pentecost. Oh, see? So you, oh, it's man. It's perfect, man. I'm telling you, it was perfect. The Holy Spirit's all over that thing. I'm telling you. I'm telling so, you. So, you know, the Holy Spirit, we, we, we see Pentecost as the birthday of the church. Right. And I think it's kind of beautiful that you're... You think about where the apostles' brains were, where their minds were preceding Pentecost. Oh, yeah. They were terrified. They were holed up. That's what we were. We were terrified. We weren't holed up, but we were watching. We were, we had our, it was our, our heads on a swivel. 
So man, yeah, it was man. But then you see the glory of God in all of this. Amen. So what I'm hoping, I I, I hope and pray that 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 marriage is epic. I think it will be. Yep. Um, and if certainly if it can survive coronavirus and you know a, a you know riots. It can survive, you know, if they run out a little bit of money here or there. You know, somebody loses a job or, or one of the kids gets sick or whatever. Yeah, when things get okay. tough, they need to watch their wedding, and then they also need to listen to this podcast. There you go. Exactly right. What yeah. a gift they can listen to this podcast. There I'm sure go. that's going to really lighten their load. Uh, but I will say, uh, I, I just I love the image and the understanding of, in the middle of all of that, sort of lack of humanity that you might experience in terms of all the rioting and, right. the, and, and even the death and destruction that came from has come from the coronavirus. Right. You see all that, but then somehow God takes that all that crucifixion stuff mm-hmm. and makes a resurrection. That's right. And that's like, so every, um, every bad thing that happens, if you, if, you, if you have faith, if you trust, if you just hang in there, mm-hmm. Right, and it's not always easy. And I'm not saying it's like, oh, it's, it'll be over in a, in a day or two. Right. I mean, tell that to a person who's being tortured. It'll, it's fine. Just you can make it. That's right. You know, but the reality is, you can have faith that at the other end of whatever's going on, however bad it is, you can have faith that the Lord will will not only see us through, but something good's going to come. That's exactly right. And I don't know what it's going to be. Right. But, but you know, maybe but just in, trust him. Maybe in the little Dorians, lots of little extra Dorians running around. I don't we know. We certainly hope so, right? Yeah, well, you know, his grandparents. Maybe they'll know. get nine. That'd be fine. That's a good number. That isn't is it? a great number. <laughs> it's an exceptionally great number. Uh, we could only we could only hope that it'll be that. I just I just I love your story because, uh, and you know, it's easy to watch the news and get dismayed. Oh, he's totally. It is easy. so easy to do that, and the reality is. You just need to hear stories like this because I've seen some really good stories. Yeah, I, I saw one story where police in one town laid their arms down, oh, that was weapons, awesome. and then they they went and like knelt with the protesters. And it's like there's there's moments like that where you go, you know what? And then also where some protesters were circling and protecting the first responders. Right. So it's like there is goodness out there. It's just yeah. scary, you know, in scary. a lot of ways. But just know that the Lord is present here somehow, right. and that somehow at the other end of this. Uh, we're, we're going to see his glory and we're going to know his mercy and know his love. And that's really what's going to be most profound about uh, how we live the rest of our life. You're right. You've had a unique experience, sir. And uh, yep. uh, I hope it's the only time you ever had that experience. Same here. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Let's ask the Blessed Mother to watch over us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray for us sinners God. now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.